Hello everyone, I am Harini Srinivasan, a behavioral science expert and a partner at the Senko Style Institute, India. A little about the history of the Semco Style Institute. This institute was founded by Ricardo Semler and is headquartered in the Netherlands. We help companies improve business performance by unlocking human potential. Our practices are derived from the lessons learned at Semco, a company Ricardo inherited from his father. He has chronicled his experiments in his best-selling books, The Maverick and The Seven-Day Weekend. Hi folks, this is Ramesh Dariraj. Welcome to the Semco Style Institute Shape the Future of Work podcast. I am also a partner at Semco Style Institute, a best-selling author, coach and mentor for CEOs and sales leaders. We want to have conversations with the smartest people who can help us understand the best way to manage companies in this new era that is unfolding right before our eyes. Our guest for this episode is Neeti Sharma, Senior Vice President at TeamLease. She currently heads the Skilling and Upskilling Vertical, which includes the TeamLease Skills University, uh, which is India's first skills university, and programs funded by state governments and corporates. Uh, Neeti takes particular interest in women entrepreneurship. She has diverse experience in the domains of education, employability, international sales and marketing, operations, and customer service. TeamLease staffs its employees at over 3,000 client locations, and they need to have enormous trust in their employees to do the right thing. And also, they need to be trustworthy to their employees and their clients for their long-term success. In this episode, we want to explore trust and alternate controls that have been the fundamental reasons why TeamLease has grown to be one of the leading human resource companies and a Fortune India 500 company. Welcome to the podcast, Neeti. Thank, thank you for your kind introduction, Ramesh. Uh, it's wonderful to be part of uh, this podcast series. Neeti, your employees uh, are distributed across uh, you know, more than 3,000 clients. How do you trust the employees deployed by you to another organization to do the right thing? So understand that our 200,000 plus employees uh, and apprentice trainees that are deployed I think up three with 3,000 plus corporate customers work across multiple sectors, such as industrial engineering, retail, IT, BFSI, pharma, hospitality, amongst many others. Many of these employees are entry-level workforce and quite a few of them are first-time job seekers. For us, it is very important that not only does the employee who's, who's deployed with our customers does the work that he or she is given, but also the fact that they stay in the job for much longer. We manage their HR administration, their payroll, their salary cycles. For us, what is important is, is that before we ask the employee to trust us, because the volume of employees is extremely high, we have to show that we trust them. Because trust begets trust, right? All of us know that. So our assumption is that, you know, people will be trustworthy unless proven otherwise. Having said that, for us, what we do right from the beginning of an employee coming on board, now whether these are core employees or these are employees deployed to our customers, right? we have to ensure that we get their documentation in place. We, we ensure that their salaries and any other remunerations are paid on time. And we keep our communication channels 
open and fair at all given point of time. Of course, with such a large distributed set of employees, we have to follow processes, use technology tools, and also conduct various sessions to ensure that the employees have access to the resources, uh, are able to perform, and are happy doing what they're doing. So uh, as, as, a, as a company, our vision is putting India to work, and whatever we do within the three clusters of employment, employability, and ease of doing business has to have an employment outcome for every individual or an organization that we come in contact with. If we are not able to trust our employees and if our employees are not able to trust us, we will never be able to achieve our goals of putting India to work. You know, uh, for trust to happen, there needs to be a mindset that is developed within the company. For instance, Instead of trusting someone, you could go send someone to supervise the person or send someone to check on the person. But in your model, where your employees and your temp workers are distributed across so many locations and so many places, there definitely needs to be a higher dependence on trust uh, rather than on you know supervision and control. How do you develop that mindset within the company? For us, trust is the cornerstone of workplace productivity and employee engagement, right? Like I said earlier, you know, only when you show your employees that you trust them, can you expect them to trust us? Of course, having said that, it does not mean that there is going to be blind trust, right? There, there have to be systems and processes to ensure that work doesn't suffer because of an individual's personality, capabilities, or integrity, but we believe that people come in with all these uh, behavioral traits when they join us. Our core employees who work with us day in, day out, there are processes and systems that we put in that managers actually have to work towards gaining trust of their own employees. Managers are skilled and upskilled continuously, handled into these positions to ensure that they keep the teams together, they ensure that the teams are actually trustworthy. And whenever we have seen cases of people, you know, not doing what they're expected to do, or, you know, not behaving the way that they're expected to behave, action is taken absolutely immediately. We also believe that by rewarding achievers or by, by not rewarding, uh, you know, non-performers, we are actually rewarding achievers. So I think communication across organization is very clear that while your business performances have to have to be where they have to be, I think, you know, your ethics, your workplace behavior also has to be in, at par with the company's policies. We have values, uh, right, which are listed where we keep reiterating to our employees across the organization. But we also know that to get to the values, there are no shortcuts. Nobody can actually, you know, get things done by not following the right processes. And this is something as an organization, culture and behavior we inculcate in every employee who walks into our door. As a company, we are a very frugal organization. We don't believe in overspending for the sake of overspending, but we believe that any money that has to be spent, has to be spent, and then that's an investment for our future. Every employee actually starts believing that when they walk in to our organization. We have to ensure that our communication to each 
each employee each customer is is the same and that's at end of year so right from managers right from leaders the management team the board the human resource department all of us ensure that the communication in these aspects is uniform the other thing that we actually you know enforce with our managers is to display this as part of their own behavior because if they are not behaving in a certain manner you can't expect their employees or the team members to behave in that manner and people pick up body languages pick up people signals which are not spoken right so our managers our leaders are actually taught these things in classrooms in you know in meetings in various forums to ensure that they exhibit the values day in day out and that's really where you know where our employees pick up uh you know the noise that you're not making they they understand the need to be trustworthy and ensure that they follow the path the company follow uh, you know believes in 19 years of us being in existence one thing that that we've actually developed is that at team lease and employees of team lease will do the right thing and will never go on the wrong side of the law so you know we work with labor markets and there's so much of gray in, in this industry right but we have always steered clear of going into the gray or the black we always wanted to be on the right side of the law i think these are things that we continuously do you know as an organization while we are a publicly listed company and almost a 20 year old organization in our heads we are a startup so i think the dna of our company is to be agile is to keep thinking on our feet is to keep changing all the time but ensure that this communication goes across to all our team members all our employees all our customers so that there there's unity in what we are doing and and this trust you know i mean you know our business plans you know what we started in jan feb this year have obviously gone out of the window and have changed every week every day and every quarter now but unless and until the same is communicated to all employees right up to the you know the bottom line people will not believe us as an organization the other thing that i would want to put on table is in our industry you know i mean we're talking of a lot of data points but i think every core team member has access to our pnls has access to the to the numbers that we drive the revenues that we have and the profits we make so there's nothing hiding and and i think that's really like i like i was saying that as a company we believe that this transparency actually you know creates more trust amongst us and the employees that company so i mean we do all of this to ensure that uh, communication channels are open uh, you know we we have an open door policy people walk in uh, you know into our offices and talk and we work on first name basis so so this this is again a huge change for many many people who come in from large organizations even in the tech sector you know i mean they're still not on first name basis but we believe that each one of us are at par with each other and uh, unless that happens uh, you know employee engagement productivity and trust is not going to be be in the organization you know while there is a higher dependence on trust on the flip side as a leader Uh, you need to be in control of your business and a large part of it is making sure that your clients are being given the value for the money by your employees so what are the mechanisms uh, you mentioned processes and controls that you've implemented that helps you stay in control of customer service delivery quality 
while at the same time not overwhelming your employees with you know needless reviews and status reports and and, and stuff like that so you know ramesh when we started 19 years ago you know obviously we had put in certain systems and processes but most of them were manual and decentralized right and obviously we learned the hard way around because there was no one single erp that enabled us to do what we had set ourselves to do when we started right even today actually there is i mean whether you whether it's sap or whether it's salesforce or whatever it's any other technology platform there is no one one platform that can actually give us everything that we require so over a period of time uh, we built our you know homegrown technology platforms uh, centralized processes while being agile and adaptable to the ever changing requirements of our customers so a couple of things happened right yes we did centralize processes you know at bangalore and which is where our largest uh, back office uh, teams are uh, but we also paid a lot of emphasis on you know in a way if i call it self service by our customers so we didn't want to keep sending them data keep sending them emails and and eventually all of that gets lost in the in the tons of emails that they get on a daily basis and then you know then there is dissatisfaction which is oh, you know i didn't know this happened and i didn't get your email there was no conversation or nothing of that sort so while we have technology platforms which we use for our processes internally our customers have equal access to the tech platforms where they can themselves get information of the employees deployed at their workplace they could look they could actually you know get a, a attendance punched in they could get you know their travel details punched in they could actually even even get their performance appraisals done on these platforms so many of the customers want to keep performance appraisals away from you know basic processing salaries remunerations and things like that but the information is all in one place we also developed integrated platforms where clients could monitor when the employees coming in when they leaving where are they traveling so geo tagging got built in over a period of time uh, right and uh, you know your whole attend- attendance system got centralized by at the customer side and and got access done but we did not pull out from having conversations with the customers because customer relationship is all about relationship so yes what we did using technology was take the redundant job out of our team members and the client side but we continued to build relationships on the ground with customers one on one because we believe a fine balance of centralized processes but but decentralized relationships work in the long run for all of us I think that that is one area that we have actually, uh, you know, we've kind of stabilized in the last many years. Uh, many years. I mean, uh, FII, we we probably process a little over two hundred and fifty thousand payroll records uh, every month, and we conduct, uh, you know, learning and upskilling for o- over twenty thousand people uh, monthly. So we need processes, we need technology platforms to to help us. but we also need people on the field who are skilled enough to maintain relationships manage 
client expectations and of course give them what they are looking for uh, for us customers are also the 200000 employees and uh, you know associates and apprentice trainees that are deployed at customer site you know they are also our students or learners and of course many other uh, you know agencies such as government institutes bodies uh, campuses universities so for each stakeholder you know relationship or or customer satisfaction definition is very different so we've kind of bucketed them into what are the expectations and how much can we do having said that you know it it has been a difficult journey for us uh, you know we've not uh, we've not got it right the first time the second time and this balance between standardized central operations to non standardized you know decentralized relationships has been a learning process for us uh, but we believe that a fine balance between the two is the right uh, way forward for us so for for continuing good customer relationship for continuing returning customers uh, and here i would also like to emphasize on the or our own employees because customer relationship is not just external customers we've also got internal employees who we believe are our, are our customers and as leaders as management uh, you know we have to ensure that they are satisfied with what uh, you know with what they have come in for so whether it is their goals their kras being simplified for everyone to understand whether it is the the salaries and the remuneration packages or the internal systems and processes that we've set for them as well so but we would not have it right without use of certain standardized processes a lot of technology usage including bots and of course uh, the relationships that we develop you talk about stakeholders uh, not just customers uh, when it comes to service delivery kind of eases uh, uh, my next question uh, which is around stakeholder alignment obviously it had to be a very very large factor of your service delivery as you've already said given the nature of the engagements you did mention about a little about technology and centralized process vis-a-vis distributed relationships my and you talked about this iterative way in which you've kind of perfected this model can you talk a little more about that especially with the stakeholder alignment as the focus so given the fact that we are a public limited organization you know our stakeholders range from investors board clients employees learners uh, right and and our vendors so for us the alignment across stakeholders with with a vision of putting india to work right had to be reiteration of this one particular aspect every th- every time we speak to our stakeholders and when we started actually giving employment to people right now whether they learn through our system and then get employment or they walk into our offices seeking employment something that we've told all our hiring teams and managers you know and i'll use this hindi phrase which says to give one person a job in a family dua milti that's the base of everything that we do we believe that if we are getting somebody from an informal employment into formal employment we are changing not just the life of that one individual but of his or her family members right and like i said our stakeholders across investors boards 
customers, employees, all of us have to have that one belief that whatever we do, our, our vision is putting India to work and the outcome has to be employability and employment and decent wage employment, right? So while, yes, it's about reiteration with all our stakeholders on a continuous you know, way, uh, I think for us, this is becoming or this has become a way of life, okay? Where, uh, where not only not only do we talk about it, but we exhibit making this change. I'll give you a case in point, uh, right? So before we, you know, before we started our skills university, we've been talking to policymakers. You know, and, you know, we do a lot of policy advocacy uh, as as an organization in the three E space. And uh, before we set set our university up, we've been talking to academicians, we've been talking to industry, we've been talking to policymakers saying, unless you bring the three together, you will not be able to make a change in developing workforce for the future of our country. And obviously, academic ethics work differently, industry works differently. You would, you would have heard from everyone saying industry, academia, connect is missing. Nobody wants to help each other. So we said, why don't we take the first step and set up our skills university? Why don't we exhibit to people that it's possible to do this? And, and make the change. So for us, it's not just about talking, but really walking our talk, right? The, the current education policy, the NEP, New Education Policy 2020 that got released, a lot of things that are integral to that policy is something that we're already exhibiting and, and taking action at our skills university, which means we've actually taken the steps ahead and then policymakers believe that as this is possible to do. There's so many laws that are getting changed right now they're getting combined right now right whether it's in this in the side of labor or anything else we've actually been in the forefront of getting those changes made because for us while yes putting india to work is a vision but it cannot happen one employee at a time it has to happen when regulatory constraints are being diluted right i mean we have to actually work around these constraints and ensure that when we get this solutions, right, the doors open for not just us, but probably every staffing company in the in the organization in the country. But it doesn't matter. We know if it works for us, it works for everybody else. But at least the binding constraints are, are going away. So we while we we recognize that what are the binding constraints we have, we also try and work around these binding constraints and ensure that doors open up for us. Something that has not happened. For many, many other organizations. Another example I'll give you is in 2014, an apprentice scheme got announced by Ministry of Human Resources and Ministry of Skills and, and the National Skills Development Corporation. And this scheme was called the NEEM scheme, which is National Employment and Employment Commission. Now, this was in a way the first public-private apprenticeship scheme in the country because for that, apprentices meant for the manufacturing sector, apprentices meant kids who were passed out from ITI would become an apprentice for 18 months, look, was seen as low-cost labor, uh, you know, and abused at workplace, and then they move out. Another case in point that I would like to put across here is our advocacy towards setting up an alternate apprenticeship program. Erstwhile Act allowed apprentices to be taken in the largely in the manufacturing industries 
and they were mostly IPI passouts. Right in 2014, Ministry of Human Resources, you know, put you know, along with us, put together an apprenticeship plan and a scheme, which was then announced as National Employment and Employability Mission. Now, this scheme actually allowed more and more sectors or companies to take in apprentices, basically, which meant that multiple trades were open, multiple job roles were being open. And apprentices were taken in in sectors such as retail, in IT, ITES, in banking, financial, in e-commerce, in logistics. Of course, also the industrial engineering, the automobile sector, and so on and so forth. So this scheme, you know, when something that I think we have been talking about it, we wrote the scheme documents, and this scheme was in discussion for about seven years before getting approved in 2014. we realize that unless we have a skills university unless we have an alternate apprenticeship program and unless people view skilling or education as as one not just taught in a classroom but in multiple classrooms such as on the job online on site or at campus we will not be able to actually achieve a vision of putting india to work so we have to prepare people for the future and then put them into employment so just few case in points where we believe that long term thinking uh, you know and and getting to uh, to the to the number of people we have to give employment to right and and which is why we want to be we want to be in the country we want to make a difference in the country bringing the best of practices probably what other countries are are using so let's say everyone talks about the german apprenticeship model but almost every student in germany actually goes through the apprenticeship program before getting employed in india it's only 2 to 3% of the workforce so if you are able to bring that up to 30 40% of the workforce productivity of employees when they come in in fast full time employment will will be tremendously high and then then cost efficiencies retentions productivity all of that will kick in for our customers so while while you know we have a one side of vision of putting india to work we also working on various elements of skilling upskilling you know creating people workforce of future and of course when we do all that we believe that our investment our investors and our board are happy with what we are doing and the plans that we have for our future so neeti where is your business headed what would you say are the critical changes to how you would engage with your employees going forward so let me answer your question ramesh in two parts you no know, one is the engagement with our employees and our employee engagement with our clients and the other is the direction our businesses are are taking to answer to answer the first part which is employee engagement and you know and customer relationship Uh, let me step back and tell you the six values that we at teamlies follow and live by so we you know our values are really about scale aggression long view learning and improving aligning poetry with prose and doing well by doing good now the the last value that that i would like to spend some time on is doing well by doing good because we we believe as a company we are both a company and a cause 
But by giving employment to people, we are changing their lives. We are changing. We are helping them change lives of their of their family members, thereby improving spending powers and you know so on and so forth. A lot of people ask us what is a CSR initiative, and we believe by just employing people, giving them the right skill sets, giving them decent wage employment, we've actually achieved what where we you know what we set ourselves for. So for our employees. you know we bind them through these values we want them to exhibit the six values on a day to day basis and we show them ourselves by living and breathing you know these six values i used i also you know talked about a value called aggression a lot of people you know think aggression is a negative term but we believe that if we don't show aggression in our you know in the way we work in the way we we show hunger in you know in in our, in our businesses and we are not pushing enough to get to our goals we will not be doing justice to our company so for us our employee engagement is around these six values the 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 training that we give them the induction that they go through the upskilling programs that they do now whether they do leadership programs management programs finance programs everything will be with keeping the six values in mind and when they engage with our customers right they their thereby exhibit this six values and then the messaging to the end customer is is very very clear your next question was where is your business headed and how do you anticipate changes so here again you know with the employment employability and ease of doing business you know segments that we operate in we believe there are huge opportunities to scale not just individual businesses but also combine the three businesses or let's say the outcome of business a could be the input of business b for example people that we are skilling and upskilling and that the employability segment could easily be the input for the employment segment so these synergies have to work and continuously scale for us you know technology intervention in education the technology intervention in skilling has gone under tremendous change in the last 7 to 8 months people have adopted technology like never before i mean we believe that india's technology adoption has been preponed by two decades if not more now whether it is the industry 4.0 where automation is actually displacing certain jobs and new jobs are getting created thereby requirement of new skills or use of technology in learning in in the way we are working has you know is giving us directions on how we want to work and where our businesses can head our next 5 year roadmap is to get is to become a 15000 crore organization with with a certain profit margins across the three business segments and interventions of technology of learning and of governance are the way forward for us because as an organization while we want to reach scale we do not want to in any way compromise on good governance and and good management so so these are things that i would like to put on the table ramesh thank you so much for listening in and we shall see you on the next episode